Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. This is a crowd podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Tom, Pamela Anderson. To be more like Tom, go to patreon.com, search for Joe Marler Show and become an official sponsor today. You're listening to The Marler Show. It isn't on the radio. It's a podcast, fool. You listen anywhere you go. Joe Mahler's show. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Jeffro Marler and this is Tywin for Dice. You got a piece of straw in your mouth, John? Yes, I have. You wearing a check shirt? Indeed, I am. With a tweed jacket over the top. That's right. Are those green Wellingtons you're wearing? They're special hunter wellies. Who's our guest today, Joe? He's going to be a farmer, I am underled to believe. If he's not, then I've dressed up like a twat for no reason. Also, you sound like a pirate. Yeah, I do. Why? Maybe those are the only two professions open to people from the West Country 200 years ago. You went to the careers office and it was like, do you want to be a farmer or do you want to be a pirate? I want to be a farmer today, please. (laughs) (gasps) Now, Joe, it is November. Have you noticed your ears getting slightly colder? My ears are freezing, Tywin. Do you think that something like a warm hat would be welcome at this time of year? Oh, you know how much I love a hat. I've got a hat on right now. I've actually got two hats in my bag as well, because a hat is my armour to me, because I've got bad hair. I would love a hat to keep my hair hidden and my ears wham. So if I were to say to you that you could get yourself... A warm hat with a bubble on top, just so you looked insouciant. And the name of this show would be on the hat. What would your reaction be? What show? 
The Joe Marlis show. This show. This very show. Are you talking about like our own beanies or something? Our own beanie slash bubble hats. Have we got some? We've got some. Available <gasps> right now. All you got to do, Joe, is to go to our socials. All the details are there and you could be kitted out in a very, very nifty, warm and stylish Joe Marlis show bubble hat. So I have to go on the social media. Uh, on the social media? <laughs> <laughs> so what you're telling me is... If I want to get a bubble hat, I've got to go on the socials. Yes. For for without being a bit of a helmet here, for a show that I'm fifty percent of. Yeah. It's named after me. I mean, it's got my name in it. Yes. Can I just have one? Can I just have one? Can I just get a hat for free? Maybe. Yes. Okay, so that sounds a lot easier. So what? Stop telling me to go on the social to do that. Okay. Okay, then. Well, fucking <laughs> less complicated. If you, the listener, want a bubble hat with Joe Marler Show on it and my ugly mug also on it to keep your ears nice and toasty this winter, go on all the socials and click the link and buy one. Enjoy. Joe, we've got a guest on today that we're very excited about and he is going to bring a lot of chat. So I would suggest that we just get them on right now. Bring him on. our guest today is matt matt is a first generation farmer from wales (laughs) such a shit wales i'm sorry if i've offended any welsh listeners i've definitely not got any because i'm the second hated man in wales anyway who's the first Mike Brown. (laughs) His Twitter bio says he's the known... Oh, you fucking fat twat. No, that's not what you're known as. Oh, this is a really bad start. Right, here we go. His Twitter bio says he's known as the Ginger Farmer. And I can confirm that he's, in fact, Ginger. Welcome, Matt. How do? How was that for you? That was really... (laughs) (laughs) The eye contact. Um, How do? I'm not too bad, but how are you doing? Right, talk us through your accent first. I've got a mongrel accent. Yeah. I um, I adopt accents, so I'll probably start talking like you by the end of it. Um, okay, so like... Was that you talking like Joe, that last bit? No. I can get into it if you want. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I am, yeah, I'm born in, I'm a Gloucestershire boy, yeah. born, and then I started hanging out with some, some posh people, so then I got a bit of a posh twang, and then I moved to Wales. And then I just, as I say, I just pick up everything. So some words I'll say like, I'll say like um, the whole time. It's quite a Welsh way of saying it. It's in whole time, or the whole time. Yeah, they like say whole, like the time in a the time. What? As in like the whole time I'm here, my accent's going to change up and down. You mean whole? Yeah. Yeah, but you're saying whole as I mean, in I'm just like slipping a, into a bit of local dialect. The little sports hall. He's saying whole, isn't no, that's he? That's whole. I feel we're getting sidetracked quite yeah, early on this week, yeah. yeah. I just think if we're going to listen to his voice, mm. it's important to understand a little bit about where he's come from and think. First generation farmer. So does that mean no one else was a farmer in your family? No one else was stupid enough to be a farmer, no. So you... No, how? I what? chose this life for myself. I chose to deteriorate in a, a rate in which I am deteriorating. So what do you mean? So none of your family were farmers? Nope. Did you have any farmers around you, farmer mates? Oh, yeah, like... Um, I was very lucky to go to school with people who were farmers or like there was locals or neighbours and so on that I would, as a young, as a youngster, I would go and say, look, you know, I'm really keen on farming. Can I come and work on your farm or something? But yeah, so, and that was it really. It's just a dream. 
I can't tell you why I do it, and I can't tell you why I wanted to do it. It's just, you know, I'd ask you, well, why did you want to play rugby? I didn't. Well, I'm soon learning out in later in life that maybe I don't want to be a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, can I ask you first and foremost about sheep? Dig now, out. You, yeah, you have had sheep? Dig out. Let's go on, dig him out. <laughs> you look like a melted Ron Weasley. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer fat Ed Sheeran actually. Oh, <laughs> incredible really really good <laughs> but if yeah. I were going to ask you about sheep mm. right, there's a lot of stuff don't start laughing yet Joe this is actually an almost sensible actually it's not sensible when I have spent time in your neck of the woods Matt let's say for example on a mountain bike there's a lot of sheep you see a lot of sheep and me and my mates always wonder the same thing which is does a sheep know that it's a sheep Ah, uh, that you know, I've not done a study. I imagine they know that they are of a being of some description, but I, I, I imagine that you know it's evolutionary. So I imagine they've just evolved knowing what they know. But I, I haven't spoke to them in a while. But they right. So a sheep is famous for always following other sheep. Yes. So if you're a sheep and you decide to follow another sheep, are you looking at that sheep and thinking he looks like me? Are you following, thinking, why am I following this furry thing? Well, they've actually done a study. They do recognise faces. Yeah, I know. What, sheep a, faces? It sounds a bit country file, I know, but it's, it's, they do, they recognise faces. They can recognise, you know, who is in the pecking order and so on. The same with cattle, like a lady called Temple Grandin did a, a, a study on cattle that they know the pecking order. So if so for a cow who's coming in from the field, she knows to, she'll run, can, can run towards the gate, but then you'll see it, she'll stop and you'll wonder why they're stopping. It's because they've got to let the chief, the chief in. Let them go first. There's a pecking order. So hmm. so when you say sheep can recognise faces, I find it's quite interesting. Just to clarify, let's say, for example, it, it was shown a picture of, uh, of all the forwards in the England rugby squad. Would they hmm. be able to pick out Joe? It's, it's a good question. And do you know what? It's one I'm going to try when I get back. Um, <laughs> I, but I imagine maybe if they, if, I would say that, uh, you know, for example, if Joe was feeding said sheep over and over again now the question is do they recognize joe or do they recognize the noise of him coming with feed or the, or do they recognize the repetition it's it's a you know it's a question that maybe the government should be funding <laughs> <laughs> all this nonsense about whether sheep think they're sheep they recognize stuff and all that well it's no because they they don't know they don't know words so they don't know sheep tom they have their own language. If you well, for an well, argument's on, sake. Go. No, 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 no. You've said it. No, 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 you can't just take for it argument's back. sake. You can't but, take it back. You like, just said they've got their own language. No, but I'm not saying like they're not there. You know, je suis. They're, but I mean, like, just <laughs> they're there. Je know. suis sheep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> je uh, je m'appelle uh, plump sheep. <laughs> je m'appelle lamb chop. The oh. um, you know, like, but they bleat to each other, don't they? They communicate like a mum, like a you, which is like a female sheep and a lamb. They will bleat to one another they'll know the, each other's sound so is that communication it's just we can't understand it oh wow this has got all mystic can you do you think you can understand it though could you learn to talk sheep oh, I don't think so mate I think, oh. we're get, I think we're getting sucked in here I think you can fake <laughs> again this is from my mountain biking exploits if you go through a field of sheep often you'll do a sheep impression just go on bored. would you want a lamb or which one do you want I want a mutton <laughs> a mutton right <clears throat> That's good. That's, I'm quite impressed by that. Do you want to have a go? No. Okay. Go. <laughs> what do you want? I want oh. the goat that screams. That's what I want from you. <laughs> I would like um, a female sheep. Uh, she's three years old and she's had two lambs. <laughs> 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 
Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you walk through a field and you do a passable sheep impression, you can get the sheep to look at you. Yeah, they, they, they yeah. Like, yeah, but they're looking at you because they're scared shitless, aren't they? Potentially, or has that farmer been feeding that sheep? So are they just looking at you as... You so know, it's not your impression of a sheep that does well, it? For, well, when, so when a, a ewe is lambed and you need to, say, that load that ewe into a trailer because the lamb's a bit poorly or you need to take it back to the shed, if you do a, an impression, she will follow the sound. She'll think her lamb's bleating to her. So then you can, you can get her to follow you and you can put her in the back of the trailer. So it's simple as that, but... Um, you know, you can do little, there's little hacks like that. So you can say that they do communicate. And you have got a sheep impression then. Of, <laughs> if I'm hey, right. hey, hey, this is a safe space here. Is it? And we just, we, we did it. We is this, did it, is this we did it for on... you. And we'd, I'd, I would really appreciate <laughs> Fuck is the best one. Yeah, it was a natural, wasn't it? You, when, when you do you like that. patronising fuck. Well, let's, let's say, look, I've got to let you guys, you know, you're the stars. You're the face of this operation. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just a mere bit of entertainment. The the lambs, like when you're dragging them, it's like more of a meh, 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 like that. And That's I just too did deep, that. I think. I just did that. But it's because it's, it's, it's small. It's oh, low, really? isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and, and you can't. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Because it's small. Because if you think a lamb's just been born. Yeah, hasn't got that too much. Too high. That's very goaty. Yeah, that's that's very goaty. You know those ones that 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 live on the sides of the mountains that you go. How does anyone live there? The chamois. What they called? Oh, the chamois ones. Nice. Nice. That's what they use. That's the stuff they use to polish cars. Yeah, it's where they skin them, isn't it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Surely we've come up with something else nowadays. Yeah, uh, they should. Maybe it's something the government should invest in. <laughs> I'm thinking diversification is all I'm thinking. Like you know. it. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to find ourselves just going. Because <laughs> in your head, having heard mats, I'm already thinking, God, I should work on mine. <laughs> when, but when, <laughs> yeah. when you say lamb, you said when a ewe goes to lamb. Or no, mm. when a ewe's been lambed. What does that uh, mean? So, so when a ewe has lambed, so as in she's given birth. So in the in that's the, literally just all that means. Yeah. So she's lambed. Okay. So she's given birth. She's given birth to the lamb. She's lambed. So what's what's you know when they say oh it's lambing season that's birthing season is it? That's birthing season. There you go. And why is there a season? It's predominantly to do with daylight. So this time of year now the daylight's changing, so the chemicals change in the in the sheep's brain, so that they'll go right. Okay, I need to reproduce. I need to create offspring and carry on my bloodline. So that's what they do. So it's been harnessed. And then a lot of... So lambing time would have been spring originally, so Easter time. That was traditional, and that's when we lamb, um, because Mother Nature is at her politest. She's not trying to bombard you with bad weather. But then uh, the consumer has basically said that we need lamb earlier on or 12 months of the year. So then farmers now start to lamb sheep Christmas time, January, February, March, April, May. And it's all depicted by when people want it on their plate, basically. Would you have a ram and a sheep in the field at the same time so that nature takes its course? Or do you have like the equivalent of a stud farm where some mighty ram gets to cover, as mm. they say, plentiful sheep in one session? So, uh, so they're called rams or tups? Tups. Um, tups, yeah. Tups. Why tups? I may ask the wrong person. Tups. I didn't invent it. Tups. Tups, yeah. So why T-U-P-S. Would it, why, why do you think it would be tups? Tups. No. Tups. You want you want the top of my penis? <laughs> there you go. I've been That's wondering for years. Oh, my whole is. life, I've been wondering you what, what it is. is. You, yeah. want, you want my penis? Just yeah. the top. <laughs> Rams tups. Rams and tups. So, so basically, what you do, it gets to a certain time of year, and every farm 
if they are a breeding farm, we are predominantly a breeding farm. So we breed lambs and then we will sell them to farmers with better farms or farms, say, down in London, who it's a bit warmer, grass grows a bit longer. So we would be turning tups out, rams, sorry, male sheep out in November. So we start to lamb in April. Um, farmers predominantly today it is yield driven the margins are smaller and smaller and some margins are next and non-existent so we farm predominantly at a loss a lot of the time because we need to keep food cheap for the consumer so um it's a lot of it is data driven you know uh, the sheep sector is massively data driven it's getting harder and harder to produce a product that y- you guys all want and we've got to do it environmentally friendly sustainably we've got to do it you know on smaller and smaller acres so we can allow for uh, carbon offsetting in hedgeland trees and stuff like that so it, it's all about making more from less which is the right way to go so i would say that the new farmer is a more rounded businessman it's becoming less and less of a lifestyle um and it's becoming it's every day is a hard you know you're at the coalface business where everyone is welcome what you you said there about working at a loss mm. most farmers are working at what what's the, what well, so, what well, what's the point then there you go what is the point so like um so yeah most farms <laughs> run at a loss realistically because in farming it's full of variables so it's november i'm about to put my tups out um my rams and i'm going to flip a coin and i'm going to invest a great deal of capital and then i'm going to come to next year and go Heads, people want it. I'm going to make money. People don't want it. I'm going to profit. I've heard that you had a pretty cataclysmic instant with your sheep, Matt. I had a major fuck up, yeah. So, as I say, I'm a first generation farmer. Everything I've done is beg and borrow. I've, I've signed my life away to HSBC. My take on it is I've had to borrow heavy and hope that the rewards are reaped. But we were going quite steady. I was still making tons of mistakes, as you do as a, as a younger person. And I thought, right, I feel like I'm level-headed enough and we're in a good place. We've rented another bit of land. We can borrow some money and, and go and go big. So at this point, I'd only ever borrowed like 35 grand. So I thought, right, no, let's, let's go huge. Let's go and buy 630 ewes down from Scotland. Oh, the Arctic lorries, I felt like the biggest baller in the world. <laughs> uh, like, in like, you know, farming. Like, but people are like, oh, Jags, Mustangs. I'm like, oh, yeah, boy, you got some sheep coming down. <laughs> look, at, look at me, neighbours. Here's my ewes. Absolute ewes. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so I bought all these sheep and things were going swimmingly. I got, borrowed a lot of money from the bank. And I thought, right, we can do this. My brother-in-law helped me with the cash forecast because he's a... He's a banking guy in London, so he knows numbers and stuff, yeah? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so you won't appreciate me saying that. Um, so basically did that, and then it was going well. Got to February, still pretty well. Got to March, end of March, started lambing. So that's lambs coming out, birthing, yep. birthing season for yep. me. A little bit early, I have learned. It was a little bit early for my neck of the woods for the system I was doing. So mistakes were made. But basically, Beast of the East turned up, and I lost, a, I don't know, £120,000 in a week? Something like that? Why? Because the sheep... I lost 60% of my lamb crop. So I, I've i never really probably focused on a solid number because, you know, you just got at some point you just got to let it go. Otherwise, yeah. it just keeps on, you just keep bullying yourself. But I would say I lost close to 600 lambs in the snow. Oh. And, but that is... If I'd lost 600 lambs and not tried... You could probably live with that a little bit more. But the fact that 
I tried, I, I, you know, like every farmer in the country, everyone had a hard time. So this is not special. This is not, I'm not a hero here in, in no way, shape or form, but sorry, Joe, you can call me one later. Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> but it, it was just a really hard time for the whole industry. And a lot of people bounce back and I've been trying ever since to bounce back, but it's basically a week in my life I'm now going to be paying for till I'm 61 years old and I've got nothing to show for it. So I've basically got a mortgage for a house I don't live in or don't own or don't see. That's effectively what it is. So um, it was a steep learning curve. And, um, you know, we worked tireless, tirelessly uh, to, to do everything we could. We did preempt it. So we saw it. So we put loads of feed out, loads of hay, loads of silage, everything. But, you know, it was just when lambs are being born, you it was freezing. At one minute it was snowing, then it was raining, then it was freezing, and it was just a horrible environment. You couldn't do it. It's um, the farm that we were renting at the time. Um, so we had the sheds were full down at my place, and I would drive this about seven mile round trip on a quad bike. And this was Siberian winds, so they say. Um, and I would, because a quad bike would float quite easily over the snow, so I'd take a dog with me, and I'd, you'd have to make a choice. You'd, you'd pick what you can save and what you can't. So you take the stuff that you'd save and I'll take it down back down to the farm, drop it off to the students and say, right, just do what you can. And my, um, I'm very lucky that my partner, she's a vet, so she was doing what she could and I'd fly back up and go again and just keep going and keep going and keep going. And then all night I'd, I would, um, I'm very fortunate to have a bit of a lambing office, so I'd try and sleep best I could in a lambing office and I'd have to get up and the lambs that I'd saved that day, they would be on like a milk machine, having constant supply of milk, which is heated. The pipes get freezing, it's minus eight. So I had to keep changing the pipes out of my bucket of water order. I had lambs in the radiators. It was a seriously crap time. Um, and then after, was it about a week or two, we had that big drought, didn't we? So like everyone was like, oh, amazing. Life's going back to normal. And I was like, yeah, I've just got, it's just, you know, it just carried on. So, no more um, sheep. Yeah. Or I got a lot of ewes that we, you know, all the ewes we managed to save were a bit like, well, cheers, mate. It's, you know, that was a pretty shit time. So... And that's that's how it went really. So it had a bit of a. Yeah, and you're a still in, you're still in sheep farming, are you? I am still very much trying. Yeah, trying you didn't best. you didn't consider going actually. Hundred percent. This ain't this this ain't for me. Is there other, any other farming that I might be able to give my fucking all to? Hundred percent. But I am stupidly. I, I don't like to quit. And I thought that I had this. It sounds dull because to a lot of people, livestock are probably just a consumable. Whereas as farmers, because as I've said, we, we don't make masses of money. I hate the word, but it is a livelihood. You, you do, you get to know them, you, you love it and stuff. So I was like, no, nah, I've, I've got to keep trying. And at this point, I've got a heinous loan that needs paying. <laughs> so, you know, you've, uh, my saying is you've got buckets, you've got a fire under your ass, you've got to find some buckets of water. So it's basically pull your sleeves up and just get, get going, isn't it? Fire under your ass. Yeah, so when a bank manager is like a big old fire under your ass, <laughs> you then got to find a bucket of water to I keep it damped out. I just love the sayings you keep coming out with. Just dig it out. Just dig dig it Would out. Do you blind. like a, on Sundays? Would you like a fire under your ass? Like not too t- not too close. Yeah, yeah. Would you rather be too hot or too cold? Too hot. What would you be? Too cold. Oh. Yeah. See, I'd be too cold. Would would you you? Yeah. Too hot. Oh, how mate. too hot though? What do you mean? Am I, am I baking or am I just slightly yeah, sweaty? Yeah, like midnight, Abu Dhabi, oh. 41 degrees. Oh, too cold to put a jumper on. You've I'm already just... chosen too hot. <laughs> I've changed my mind you've now. You've literally made it. your bed. Yeah, <laughs> you, you fucking dig out of that one. Well, how cold is it for you boys then? Uh, you can't sleep, that's how cold it is. No, uh, well, no. We, you, can't, well, you, can't have, you can't make mine really hot and then you, you have yours slightly cold. Without getting too erotic, spoonage. 
We're, yeah, you two we'll choose. Yeah. We'll choose ours. He like I'm looking at Matt here, and he reminds me of um, <laughs> no <old> girlfriend. <laughs> hey, mate! No, he don't re- don't no, mug him off like that. He reminds me better than that. No, he reminds me of that. Um, who was the one? She was uh, one of the uh, ginger spice. No, <laughs> White Walker. She was also in Vigil recently. She was the one who said, "Oh, all right, John Snow." Oh, what? The... Game of Thrones, you know. You, you'd like to cuddle me, wouldn't you, Jon Snow? And they spoon each other in that cave. Right, okay. That's me and you. If you want to go there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you boys spoon the cave, I'm going for, for a dip in the pool. Oh, good shout. Didn't think about that. May I get a lilo around the old head? <laughs> so my preconception... Uh, what's it called? Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is a good word. So I my, it. So my preconception of farmers being minted is mm. complete bollocks then. I would say, I'd say landowners are probably quite affluent. Uh, the ones who maybe have been passed the farm down without a mortgage um, and they are able to rent it on to people like myself who want to farm, they'd probably be quite well off, I would say. But I, I can't cast a brush, you know. But it's, let's just say, the only way to become a millionaire in farming is to be, start off a billionaire. Joe, see if you can guess. I'm going to name some pieces of farm equipment and I want you to see if you can guess how much they would cost. I'm going to be good at this. All right. Okay. I found a combine harvester on eBay. Bet you did. Yeah. It is, hold on, it's the Class Lexian 740. Yeah. A used combine harvester currently um, on offer on eBay UK. So the combine harvester, is that the bit that goes on the back or is it the whole thing? No. So uh, a combine harvester is what thrashes your, or threshes, depending on, I I don't know. I'm not an arable farmer. Um, But basically you go and harvest your corn, barley, and it separates it from the straw into the actual like seed, for example, and that's what you make your bread and your beer from. Twenty-two grand, Matt. Ah, oh, I don't know. I'm not an arable man. I'm going to throw in there forty-eight grand. One hundred and fifteen thousand pounds plus VAT. What? Oh, the VAT. What's arable that you keep saying? So arable is someone who grows predominantly crops. So Jeremy Clarkson is an arable farmer. So that's what Jeremy Clarkson, because I've just started, have you watched, have you seen any of this on Amazon I haven't, Prime? but you've been telling me about this and I'm thinking I've made an error not watching it. Because Decent? I, I don't want to um, get into some sort of defamation or slanderous conversation with you. Of I Clarkson? I don't, why have you just done that? Because I could tell by your face. Yes, but the whole point right, is to I? not get into it. Okay. He also looks like a Clarkson fan. And honest, you've just he? named oh. it. <laughs> You've just named it. But you just said he's at the Clarkson show. I mean, it's quite a yeah, big clue. Yeah. Uh, good point, both of you. <laughs> really, really good point. So, irrelevant of whether you do or do not mm. like uh, said presenter, it's actually more about the other characters in the series that I really enjoy. Like the young lad, I think it's Seb. Is it Caleb? Caleb. Caleb. He's brilliant. Like, he's never left Chipping Norton or where it is, or he's gone south a little bit of it, but he's great. There's also another guy who fixes his walls who, fuck, you can't understand a single fucking <laughs> word. He's, like You'd understand every fifth word because he speaks so fast and more countryfied than our <laughs> meat Matt here. You know, so I think you should you should give it a chance. I'm only too deep. So, I, you know, it's still early days. I could end up still really hating it. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. But, Matt, is it? have you seen it? I have, yeah. Is it a, is it a re- real reflection of farming life? I we know you're not an arable farmer, but... Yeah, we don't all have Bentleys that are absolutely kitted out so we can go and check stock. Um, <laughs> but if 
Bentley are listening and they want to give me one, I will I will demo mm. I'll demo mm-hmm. the fuck out of that machine. Because so. we definitely don't have the power to help you with that. Sorry. No. <laughs> I'm hoping you had the reach. Mm. Um, right. Also I, struggling. I was lied to. I'm ready to leave. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's pretty like the way that he ended at the end. It was like look, I've made a hundred forty two pound profit or whatever it was. Spoiler alert. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't remember that bit. Um, yeah. Tom, don't bother watching the end. Cheers. Yeah, sorry about that. That's a real reflection. Oh, I know better now. That's a real reflection on, on, on what we do. The fact that we are literally um, owned by the weather. As I said, like you know, like I am when Mother Nature's at her least volatile. But they, um, yeah, it's a pretty real reflection. Yeah. Um, it's, a hard, it's a seriously hard job. Do you know farming is the most dangerous job in the UK? You didn't know that, did you? So I, I even checked on the, on the way down, um, did a bit of research. I know that Independent did an article. They're saying that it's the most dangerous job in the UK. And it jumps between one and two, depending on how many people have. What's two? Construction, I think. What Do we believe this, Tom? Google it. Here's my thinking, Joe. Okay. So I imagine, Matt, you have, whether it's the combine harvest that Joe has just spent 115,000 plants plus VAT on, you've got a lot of potentially dangerous equipment. Yep. You're out by yourself a lot of the time. Yep. You might be tired. All the time. Uh, you might be out there in capricious weather. Yep. Um, and that feels like enough points I've made there, Joe. That's four. Yeah. Okay, but that's not what I was asking. I was asking, do you believe that? My answer to your question is yes. Do you? No. Why? Well, I made eye contact with you, mate. I'm not lying. Yeah, but uh, caving. Uh, firefighters. It's it's built it's based on statistics of how many people have died within the industry, so maybe firefighters are just better at their job. <laughs> Cockle pickers, Cockle pickers, good shout, but again, still not up there. Still not up there. Arguably as well, that is um, maritime fishing. Uh, okay, hang on, let yeah. me say it again. Arguably, <laughs> maritime fishing. Okay, do you want me to do that? Ah, oh, yeah, again. yeah, do that. Again. <laughs> Arguably, Joe, that is maritime farming. And for the second time, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> You're fucking keeping all of that because he, he never gets shit wrong, and he's he's getting it wrong. I like it. at me whistling in a jaunty fashion. I wish I could whistle as well. Hello, my friend Tom and I... Hi guys, I'm Tom. Yeah, he's Tom. ...have this amazing history podcast. It's called We Didn't Start the Fire and it's the only podcast started by Billy Joel. And Katie, without being boastful, it really is the most original, fascinating and random way to learn the story of the 20th century. I think that's being boastful. We go from Maryland to the Mafia, from the Beatles to bombs. Yeah, it's politics, rock and roll, sport, television, the space race and we're joined by some pretty incredible guests. I only wrote stuff that I wanted to hear. If it turned out to be a hit, it was pure dumb luck. With me, Katie Puckridge. And me, Tom Fornice. This is We Didn't Start the Fire, the only podcast started by me, Billy Joel. Search for We Didn't Start the Fire and subscribe now. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favorite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namone Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behavior creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. It is that time on the pod where we thank our lovely patrons, who are, of course, the official sponsors of the Joe Marler Show. Beginning with Joe, Becky, Rollable Dyson, Matthew, it's not fairs, James Dean, not that James Dean, James Jimmy Blackman, Josh the Swindler Swindles, Alistair Boundy Hunter, Alistair, ah. Alistair, I've spelt my first name wrong, Boundy. And Greg the Eagle Edwards. To be more like Becky, Matthew, James, James, Joss, Alistair and Greg, go to patreon.com, search for Joe Marler Show and grow the show. I don't know if you know, but I've got some farming experience. Tell me more. Oh, of course, this is your during your turfing time, Joe. I used to farm grass. Did you? Is that allowed to be said on here? Or? Oh, as Not, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't used to grow weed, Matt. <laughs> Although that is also quite profitable. <laughs> That's the most profitable form oh, of farming. I used, to, I used to drive tractors. Did you? Yeah. Legend. Um, they had the mowing bit on the back, so they were technically mowers. So we call them tractor mowers. Yeah, so I called them. I, I used to drive tractor mowers, mm-hmm. and then uh, more often than not, I used to have to just sit on the single mower. You know, like the over all these acres of field because it picks up the th- thicker bit of grass. Well, um, so I know what it's like to to work the land. Cut from the same cloth, me and you. We need to we need to buy a farm. If we get a farm, yeah, it's a decent tax break. How I want much? I want to farm you. How, oh. How much use? I said. Oh, sorry, thank God for that. How um, <laughs> it's taken a relation in a very different direction. Yeah. How much would a farm cost us? How much do we want, Jay? How bigger? Uh, how many? How much, I'm just trying to think of the numbers Jeremy Clarkson got. I'm sure he had fucking shitloads of acres, didn't he? He's got a thousand acre farm in Cotswold Country, where I would probably, I wouldn't know hazard a guess. Cause I don't, I'm not a state agent, but I would say you're talking twenty, twenty five k an acre, maybe a little bit more. Hang on, that's not helped us at all. <laughs> well, you think he's got a thousand acres times it by twenty five thousand an, an acre? So two hundred fifty grand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two hundred fifty thousand pounds. Yeah, can I farm in on? Can I farm anything on ten acres? Yeah. What? 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 Can I do chickens? Yeah. Sheep. On a small part of it. Yeah. I, I, I'm you thinking about it. this. Well, I used to have chickens. I had uh, four chickens at one point. Nice. To fucking, I had to get someone around to help me build a pen because the foxes. Yeah. Well, y- yeah, to stop them. No, yeah, to stop the foxes, I think it was. Yeah. I'm glad we got there. And stop them running around the house and stuff. Cause we used stop to- the chickens. <laughs> Close the door. Yeah, that's true. But like, we used to let them anyway. Do the chicken farms up and down the country going, I can't get these chickens out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're kind to the chick, We were kind to our chickens. They come in and they yielded loads of eggs for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We didn't sell the eggs, so we used to just eat them ourselves. Yeah, but it's just a sustainable food production, isn't it? Although, actually, I very rarely used to eat the eggs because it used to creep me out. Why? Because bird period. 
No, because I because <laughs> it's a bird period. Because I, for some reason, thought that they weren't like because they hadn't been treated or something. Pasteurized. Yeah, like they mm. weren't like proper eggs. They weren't <laughs> safe to eat. As long as they're not gone off, yeah. They're, like if they're gone off, they explode pretty well when you put them in a no, pan. No, they were, so. they were to the, every morning. Yeah, like, I'd go safe. down there, they're open safe. them up, let them out. And I used to love them, mate. There was so much like Daisy loved it. She did most of the work with them because she was always there. But and the day that they got massacred, oh, yeah. which yeah, which How unfortunately was the same day that Rufio passed. Oh, what? Fucking oh, hell, broke my heart. Honestly, fucking hell, I hate talking about it. Fucking hell. And we've never got chicken since, even though we've got this overgrown chicken pen down the bottom of the thing. How'd the foxes get in? Well, I put oh oh what <laughs> I put um. You know, like you wrap uh, the electric wire around the top to stop them jumping over. Because you know what I mean. I did that, but I forgot to turn it on. So I thought, I thought, I thought they'd still be like scared because they'd look at it. You know, like how sheep recognise faces. Yeah. Well, I was under the impression that foxes recognise electric wire mm. and read the little yellow sign they know it by brand yeah they look at it and they go oh, I'm not jumping that one oh, we splurged on that one that's, that's a higher kicker that is yeah so <laughs> fucking fuck that one really um, also it was my own fault because I usually would go and put them in before it got dark and I forgot that night so that's that my own fault yeah, that's, that's all, all of them butchered uh, yeah, ha, ha, two, two of them nowhere to be seen, obviously taken, which is rare unless I think uh, it was a female fox that wants to feed her young foxlets. Cubs? Cubs. Foxlets! <laughs> <laughs> Twat. And the other two, well, there was only half left of the other two, and yeah. it was quite a traumatic. Not nice, is it? Not nice, not no. nice, which has probably scarred me to not go back in because we've, we've thought about getting pigs. No, good idea. Where do I go to start off? I want to be a first-generation pig and sheep farmer. Let's say I've got a 10 acres. All right, go to market or, or put... So there, I go to a farmer's market. Is that... Not a farmer's market because you'll get the end product, so you buy a sausage there, but you want to go to a livestock market. For £10. Mm, yeah, £10 sausage. Mm. So it's a farmer's market isn't for farmers? No, farmers, it's predominantly farmer's produce. So you buy uh, the cheeses like I brought you today. From, yeah, that is you know, And the charcuterie I bought you. Yeah, is that... How, I've never... That is the first time eyebrows now. I mean, I bet my... I, was gonna, I know I was going to eyebrows you in all fairness. That is the fi- first time hmm. I've heard the real... Is that the pr- real pronunciation of it? Charcuterie. I hope so. Charcuterie, What do you yeah. say? Charcuterie. Oh, you've changed it already. He's gone a bit more... He's a bit posher then. All right. Charcuterie. Charcuterie. I thought it was charcuterie. No. So char. Because it's spelled that, isn't it? It might be French. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, but that, thank like, you that for stuff, bringing that stuff. That stuff there is postal so why buy a pig when you could just give Langston Farm a go and they'll send it to you Joe do you want to just sample well um, that could be the bacon box so don't sample I can't that. sample <laughs> raw bacon the I bet you could I bet you could Are you, oh, have, you not, have, have you got read, a microwave have you read the stickers by the way that's a nice touch the bacon that gives you a lard on <laughs> <laughs> post box bacon that's good. So what's that from? Langston? From Langston. The Langston farmer, that is. So he's local to us. He's an, ex, uh, he's an ex-military man who is also a first-generation farmer. Cure bacon me crazy. Ah! <laughs> Joe, you, you have a little nibble on some of that, just while Matt... Oh, look, I can't. It's, no, it's raw bacon. This one, I've got you some uh, British native breed fennel salami. Good stuff, isn't it? You tuck into that. 
And Matt, you just tell us where Joe's going to get break his... open a bit of cheese. I was going to bring some some bit of chutney as well, but um, to go along with the milkshake. But the lad who I was getting that off wasn't very organised. So, um, so basically, if you wanted a pig, I would contact a reputable pig seller. Mm-hmm. who has knowledge and he can transfer that on to you oh, all in one. Joe's just smashing a massive piece of meat there. Yeah. How does it make you feel, Tom? Depends what he's going to say. What do you reckon, Joe? Don't know how to say it. Oxford, Sandy and Black. Is that the name of the pigs? Yes, the name of the pig breed. So there you go, then. <laughs> you thought there were three pigs. One was called Oxford, one was called Sandy, <laughs> one was called Black. Yeah. <laughs> What's stupid about that? Do you think you're eating Sandy or Oxford? Tastes a bit like Sandy. Does he? Um, Proscutio. Prosciutto? Prosciutto. Fucking, it's really, really good. Is it? Sorry, Matt. How many sorry rashes, to the listeners that can How many hear me. rashes are in that pack? Just hold it up a little bit. Twelve. How many of those are you going to get through in this show? I'm going to eat them, yeah. Mm. All of them. It's quite a generous box too, I thought. Like it's, it's a, That's yeah. really, I'm really, really pleased with that and yeah. I'm so grateful for... You carry on, mate. You, Matt, first of all, for bringing it, but also to Langston Farm. Where is Langston? So, Langston, he's, he's, a, he's a bloke. <laughs> oh, it's a bloke, it's yeah. not a place. <laughs> it's Nick Langston and his, uh, his, his Mrs Lucy. They, um, Nick they and Lucy, thank you so much. It's an ethical meat. What's ethical about killing, though? Uh, the way it's produced. So, if you think that... Uh, like all farming in the UK, it's all done to high. We've got the highest welfare standards in the world for agriculture. So, you know, all the food that you buy with a British logo, and that's born and bred in Britain. We have, as Jeremy Clarkson says in that documentary, the most amount of red tape. It's it's the highest welfare. You know, we're not allowed to transport animals if it's below a temperature. If it's above a temperature, we're not allowed to. Um, you, have, you have to keep them on a certain amount of acreage, quite rightly. And so, basically, what he's saying there is that there's. There's no, there's no, there's no um, hormones like you'd get in another country. They're not in a small little enclosure there. I've seen them. They're running, running wild around a field and loving life. Really, there's no. It's San, all just, Sandy had a good life, did she? One hundred percent. Okay, and that's and that's why we, me personally, we all get so torn up in farming because we put our heart and soul into it. So you asked me earlier, why the hell do you do it? You don't make much mm. money. Well, good question. We've, all, well, we've got bills to pay. And you don't know what else to do. Like I, I actually have two other businesses which pay for me to be a farmer. Farming is basically, you're almost doing the same thing over and over again and hoping you get a different outcome, which as your listeners will also know that. So I'm pretty sure that's the term for psycho. Mm. So we do. Every year we try again, we try again, and we always go, it won't be as busy or it will be better next year. So, um, you know, we, we do all this to such a high standard and produce all this amazing food in this country. Um, is that a good I'm, thing? Like the way you say, with there's so much red tape. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Is that a good thing, it's, or it's, is it is it really that necessary to have so much? Some of it's rubbish, you know. Some of it is rubbish, um, but I think on the whole, if it keeps us leading the way and the, and the best of the best, and our animals are produced the highest welfare, then that's what we've got to do. We've got to do, isn't it? I uh, I found it very not weird, yeah, slightly strange seeing you in person. Right. Having seen you on the telly um, from your documentary Under the Soil on Amazon Prime, which you touch on, not touch on, the majority of it is talking about mental health, poor mental health in in farming and, and farmers. And it was really quite eye-opening because, A, I'd, I've never considered that being a really lonely, 
way to live your life. But then when you delve into it, you're like, well, of course it fucking is. You're up at horrendous hours. You're working long hours all the day. And you're talking about losing money rather than making it. And you're like, well, why the fuck are you putting yourself through it? It's it's no wonder that there's, what was it? I think on, on the documentary, you put 81% of, of farmers under 40 see that mental health issues as a as a major issue moving forward in, in farming. So it's quite weird to actually now see you in person and hear the way you talk in such a, a positive light now. Hmm. Um, but can you just talk a little bit about about your documentary that you made? So, um, uh, uh, yeah, right, got heavy in here, got heavy in here quick. Hey, yeah. it's not, it's not it's, heavy. It's not heavy. It's not. He heavy. ain't heavy. He ain't heavy. He, he <laughs> what's you're meant to do the next bit? He's my brother. A little bit more. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry do it again. I'll do it nicer. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. No. What you went singing? Yes. Oh, go on now. You weren't singing. Yeah, but that's the, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. Was that what you wanted? That was actually good. Thanks, Tom. What have I, I walked into? Yeah. So yeah, we did. Um, I was I was involved in a documentary with there was a lady in there as well called Emma um, Picton Jones. She set up a charity after her husband took his own life. And it's called the DPJ. And so I, um, after the Beast of the East, as a result of that, about six months after, I felt the effects because obviously at the time you're extremely busy um, and you just ignore it and. I don't know, coming from a military family, I've got this um, false, you know, false picture in my head that I've just got to always be stoic, the quiet type. And bearing in mind, I'm a chopsy bastard, as you told, but like... No, are you? Yeah, me. I couldn't get a word in <laughs> um, So, So it hit me in full effect, and I thought I was struggling for a, a long time. And so I, I think I got to a point where I was pissed off at being pissed off, if you know what I mean. I just had enough. So I thought, right, I need to be active and take myself out of the situation. And I got very vocal about it and said, look, I'm having a shit time. Who else is having a shit time? Because the sooner we all go, <laughs> life can be shit. Cool. Yeah. So me too. So so we did this documentary. They came out and like, as you can tell, I quite pride myself. I'm quite bubbly. I like to have a joke. I like to just have a joke, you know. Um, I, don't, I tried to take, if, you, if there's no point crying, you might as well laugh, isn't it? So so we did it and I, and I bared all because... In farming, we've already discussed that it's the one. It's one of the most dangerous jobs in the UK. Well, fifty-two farmers are taking their lives every year. For a minute, if you look in, say your garden, imagine fifty-two sets of Wellingtons. Mm. We're not in them. That's just and, and and for what food production, keeping the countryside going. It's just completely and utterly. It's it's, it's horrible. It's 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 just a number that shouldn't happen. So we did the documentary, um, and it had a really good. Uptake, funnily enough. Like, I haven't got any contracts with the BBC or anyone else. And there's no follow-up. Like, I do get... This is how dark humour works. A friend of mine... Obviously, all of my problems came from after the, the snow. And a friend of mine, uh, Tom Jones, he texts me every time it snows. goes, oh, if it carries on like this, mate, you'll get series two. <laughs> but that's how we work. I can't, I can't believe you're... It's... You know, do you just call him Tom then? Yeah. Rather than Sir Tom Jones? I just call him Tom, yeah. And yeah. where did you two meet originally? It was a nightclub in Cardiff. No. Uh, very, very good. It wasn't, yeah. Um, but so after I did that, I basically decided that this is still not enough. More young people need to need to know and that they can have a chat. So myself, my brother, and my brother-in-law decided that we would climb nine of the highest mountains in the UK in seventy-two hours, and we did it. We did it seventy-one and a half hours. We raised uh, thirteen and a half grand for the DPJ. 
And what do they what do they provide? So they provide throughout. It was just a start in Wales, but it's absolutely exploded throughout the whole of the UK now. I believe um, they support you know, support so anonymous counselling if you need um, because you know farmers were tough and roughy grufty and stuff like that. So they'll spy to that. Um, they'll workshops on how to you know how to spot signs of mental health problems or, or and just build awareness. And they provide funding and, and do all sorts of things for people who who need help because we all have an hour of need what's stopping us putting a hand up and going i need help to say it out loud was genuinely one of the hardest things i've ever done but it took so many people by surprise because if you think that i went through a lot of this and didn't tell anyone so my um, fiance is actually in that documentary too and and it, to hear what she had to say because i wasn't allowed to be there when they asked the questions so she couldn't alter it so to watch back that bit and see what she said that actually hit me hardest because mm-hmm. It does, like, and for my mum and dad to go, yeah, we knew. And, and but I was, oh well, no, I hid it. I was fine. No, no, we knew because mm-hmm. I was constantly, you know, I, I hated farming. Mm. I had to take myself all the way to New Zealand to re fall in love with what I did. I absolutely despised it. You know, can, can you imagine? Um, you know, it might have been the same for you with rugby, but going out every day and go, what the fuck's the point? It'd be far easier if I didn't do this. And although I was extremely, I was on the fortunate ones. You know, taking my own life was never, never on the cards. Um, but. I feel if I hadn't have done that documentary or hadn't have done that challenge, because the challenge ultimately, I was sat in the kitchen having a cup of tea with, with George, my brother-in-law, and my brother Dan, and I was like, right, I want to do something hard. I want to do the hardest things. The hardest last thing I ever did was the BC, so I want the next hardest thing to be the, the Nine Peaks. So it was all about getting out in the open, saying to as many people as possible, and just saying it until it was out of me. Just telling everyone. Because and then you had texts people going, oh, I couldn't believe it. But the support that came from it, people going, you may have had it yourself. People going, I didn't know. If you ever need anything, give me a shout. You know. And then we had people coming up to us and going, like, you know, thank you for what you've done. I'm now able to talk. Or, or can I tell you about something? And I'm, I'm a bit. I'm still like, there's still like 50 percent of me is quite dry. I'm like, listen, mate, come on, man up, fella. Yeah. But I'm like, actually, no. Yeah, because I'm all, I'm all for listening. I wasn't for talking. Mm. I wasn't for telling you how I felt. Um, but I was always for listening. I always wanted to solve other people's problems, but it was probably until I solved my own problems. But long story short, I'm glad I did it. It was hard to do it because it had happened. It, the documentary was after when I had it all, but it's something that we've all got in us. I very much got it in me. I'm proud of it. It's part of what makes me who I am. So is what it is, isn't it? Well, I think it's great, and the the fact that early on you said oh god this got heavy really quick i mean <laughs> we can get as heavy and as light as you want mm. and it's good to just open up and talk and there's no judgment whatsoever and i think it's really good particularly watching that documentary that yourself and who who was the girl that set up her husband so, dpj so yeah so it's emma picton jones emma Jenkins, setting yeah. up that foundation she's, she's like a um She's become like a national hero or all sorts of stuff. She's, she's, she's got so big now. She's to, It's only been going, I believe, like she'll correct me if I'm wrong, like five years. But mm. never have you met a person who is so bubbly, so wonderful, mm. roller sleeves up, right. You know, because th- there was after the beat of the East, I'm not ashamed to say it. I went up and down, up and down constantly. And I thought, right, I live for the Nine Peaks. And I was like, yeah, I did that. And then you, know, you might have had it yourself. I went down and down and down and down. And I rang her and I was like, look, I'm struggling. And then I, had, I went and got counselling. Yeah. You know, so the money I'd raised was going towards paying for me. Like I refused to have them pay for it. I wanted to go to people who deserved it. She's like, no, no, 
you that's need what it. the foundation's for that's what the foundation's for so particularly for farmers who exactly. you you think traditionally are those stoic mm. you know, just get usually men you know, that's you know it. get yeah. on with it you know you're traditional and all that lot but mm. actually you dig a little deeper you spend fuck knows how many hours on your own <laughs> you don't make a huge you're doing all this work for not a huge amount of yield you like the yield? Nice. Used nice. it properly now, as opposed yeah, to giving yeah. up. Lovely. You know, so you didn't yield. Even better. Good. I'd end it there. Overusing <laughs> yeah, the yield yeah. a little bit. <laughs> okay. Mm. Oh fuck! I did it. I did it. <laughs> but I think it's really good. But everything you done, and, and thank you as well for for yeah. sharing that on the documentary, but also in person with us because sometimes it's it's not easy to do. But I'm really grateful for you and. No Tom, I know, feels the same because yeah. I'm I can telling him I can see to say face. the same. Right, before you go, hmm. you got any sheepdogs? Well, you, you trying to mug me off now? Is this it? I've yeah. got to go for a pint after this. You got any sheepdogs? I've got seven. Seven? Yeah. Got seven sheepdogs? I've got seven sheepdogs. Why do you need seven sheepdogs? How many sheep you got? I, I Not as many now. Yeah. Because I've... Because of the whole tracking back, pay until I'm 61 yeah. for stuff I don't have, yeah. I've kind of had to diversify some pretty pretty radically, yeah. so I don't have many at all at the minute. So I'm, I'm now doing other businesses to try and one day go back to farming. So I'm now making a profit in the hope to one day go That's back and not make a profit. <laughs> told you, it's a form of psycho. Have so, all your sheepdogs got names? They've got epic names, mate. Go. So I've got Ron, I've got Wallace, I have got Janice, I've got Izzy. Or isn't he? That's the question. Oh, <laughs> that is the question. Yeah. Grow up. There's Eric, strong names, and there's Jesse. So my dogs are New Zealand hunterways. So they're barking dogs. So you basically they look like a well they are quite literally a cross between a Labrador, a Rottweiler, like an Alsatian, shit, and a Collie. Seems like a lot a of crosses hand. here. But it was done like when they first found in New Zealand years and years ago. So they bark because the running around business when you've got loads of loads of sheep doesn't really work. So they just bark on command. So if you go speak up, they all they start barking. Um, it's brilliant because they look they look a bit like they're like really friendly Dobermans. So they're generally like I've got a uh, so I've got a pup called Jan. She's called Fat Janice. Fat Janice. <laughs> I, I, I thought you said fuck that? Janice for a while. Fuck though. Janice. I thought you, there was no, something called Janice in your life you didn't like. Around. Fuck, fuck you, Janice. Janice. <laughs> fuck you anyway, I didn't like it anyway. But her head will sit above the desk quite easily and she'll be 40 odd kilos when she's fully grown. So, so as I say, I've got News and Hunterways and I've got one then Border Collie. Do any of your sheepdogs uh, not have names or do you plan to get a sheepdog that perhaps the listeners to the Joe Marler Show could name? I was waiting for this. Yes, you can name one if you want. Like we will. So what I don't. So like a lot of people may breed a litter and to try and sell them. Mine are genuinely brilliant. If I could just have one puppy, great. So, but I only breed very infrequently. It's just for when I need a replacement. So just to confirm this, Matt, what you're saying is that the listeners to the Joe Marler show could email, tweets, Insta, wherever, and put forward a name for your next sheepdog. Are we going to choose it, Joe, or are you going to choose it, Matt? How's this going to work? Yeah, why don't we have them send some suggestions? Yeah. And then we can put it up. We can put the best. We can do a poll. That's very, you know, 21st. This is almost like you know what you're doing and we don't on this show. Well, and Matt, welcome. you've yeah, wrapped well. this up delightfully in a way that Joe and I are <laughs> yeah. struggling to do. Why don't we get Matt to wrap that? Yeah, Matt, can you just wrap this episode up, please? Say thanks to us for, cu- for coming on as guests. Right, well, I'll do my best. It's okay. my first time, though. Yeah. I want to thank you both for coming. Nice. It has been delightful. It's Good. been, you know, you've filled me with inspiration for the future. Now, if you could find yourselves out, we've got another episode to film. Can we take the find cheese your, and meat? Find yourselves out. Yeah, I got nervous towards the end. I can't <laughs> get it. That does happen. Yeah. That does happen. Yeah. Not as bad as the start. You still didn't I, get as I, bad as the start. You no. made eye contact with me and everything to end yeah. it. I can't pull out a Nelson Mandela accent. So, to finish the episode as we start it, oh, Matt, ah, 
Joe has had to put a book in front of his face so no one can see him. Matt, I would like to thank you. <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for coming on the Joe Hour Show. Can lose it again. <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for coming on. I've. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> sorry, Lou, sorry. All right, mate. It's been a long day. Uh, <laughs> I know when I'm not wanted. Unfortunately, Matt, that sound means this podcast has come to an end. And I just want to thank you for coming on to the show and having lots and lots of fun with me and Tom. Go on then. Thanks, Tom, for having me. (laughs) It's a pleasure. Monica, stop. Oh, <laughs> that was going to be the best one. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.